You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 276, Building Nervous System Resilience with Leah Davidson. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. If you're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hi, Mama, and welcome to the podcast. This week marks 11 years since I started Less Drama, More Mama with my very first blog post, which was all about, unsurprisingly, gratitude. And since this Thursday is American Thanksgiving, I want to extend my gratitude to all of you who are listening today and wish you a very happy holiday season. I also want to invite you to a free live workshop I'm hosting next week on Wednesday, November 29th, called How to Get Through the Holidays Without Yelling at Your Kids. If you're already up to your neck in gift shopping, meal planning, and scheduling, it probably doesn't take much to push you over the edge. I've got you, mama. You do not have to sacrifice your peace this holiday season, no matter what your kids or anyone else does. In my upcoming workshop, I'll be sharing three proven ways to dial down your stress and feel more connected to your kids this holiday season. You'll learn how to masterfully manage your expectations to avoid feeling let down or frustrated, which might otherwise lead to yelling. My three-step boundary-setting formula that works with kids, spouses, and others to empower you to spend your time intentionally without the burden of guilt, and how to let go of the urge to control others' experiences and feelings so that you can fully enjoy yourself and your family during the holidays. To sign up, head to today's show notes at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash 276 and click on the workshop link. Speaking of holiday stress, My guest on the show today is passionate about teaching others how to resolve and prevent burnout, stress, and compassion fatigue. Leah Davidson is a certified life coach, professional resilience coach, and consultant. She's also a registered speech-language pathologist and has spent over two decades working in the area of traumatic brain injury and is certified in pain reprocessing therapy, EFT, and breathwork. As the host of the Building Resilience podcast and the creator of the Advanced Training for Nervous System Resilience, Leah focuses on helping people learn to befriend their nervous systems, manage their mindsets, and cultivate resilience. Leah lives in Toronto, Ontario, Canada with her husband, Rob, and they have a blended family with five children. Leah and I got to know each other a couple of years ago in a group program for coaches. I think she's super smart and articulate. She's friendly and relatable. And in this interview, we talk about the role of the nervous system in our everyday lives, how moms can regulate their own nervous systems to create a more positive environment for themselves and their kids, specific practices to regulate your nervous system during challenging moments, the importance of co-regulation, and lots more. You can find links to her podcast and other information in today's show notes at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash 276. So without further ado... Here's my interview with Leah Davidson. I am so excited to welcome Leah Davidson to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. Leah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk with you. 
Yeah. And so Leah had just been a guest speaker, our very first guest speaker in the Damn Good Mama membership. And she led a little training for us, which went over amazingly well. Uh, The moms got so much out of it. So why don't we start by, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey into specializing in the nervous system? Sure, absolutely. So um, my name is Leah Davidson and I am a coach and I work with the stress and the nervous system and burnout. Those are my, my passions. And I am also a speech language pathologist. And that is part of my journey because as a speech language pathologist, I've spent the past 25 years working in the area of traumatic brain injury, which involves working with people after they've had accidents, um, injuries, and I work in the area of cognitive communication and executive function skills. And that is really where I've just spent all my time hanging out with the brain and neuroplasticity Mm -hmm. and learning about it. But as I was working with people, traditionally, when people have injuries, I'm helping them sort of get back to their life as as close to it was pre-injury and teaching them cognitive and communication skills. And what I kept on hitting up against over the years is challenges that they would have with mindset and with nervous system dysregulation. And I just naturally gravitated to, okay, how can I help them on a deeper level? And that's where I got involved in life coaching and started learning a lot more about the nervous system and then kind of just weaved it all together to bring to where I am now, where I work with people with their nervous system. And I actually have an advanced training in nervous system regulation for coaches and helping professionals and really anybody who wants to do a deep dive and understand their nervous system. Um, For me, the nervous system is foundational. We build everything upon it. Our mindset, our cognition, all our relationships rest upon it. So for me, it is so foundational that everybody, everybody has a nervous system, but we don't know about it and we don't know what to do with it. Yes. So that leads beautifully into my next question, which is for our listeners who might not be familiar Could you provide a very brief overview of the nervous system and the role that it plays in our daily lives? Yeah, essentially the nervous system. I mean, it it comes down to like it's an area of the brain and the spinal cord and all the connecting nerves, but it really is how your brain and your body communicate with each other. That's it's the, the main communication pattern. And the role of the nervous system, I mean, there's there's lots of roles, but the main job of the autonomic nervous system, which is what we're talking about right now, is to keep you alive. Mm -hmm. And it does that by running the show from behind the scenes. It is regulating your breathing, your heart rate, your digestive system, your uh, temperature regulation. It's doing all those things. And it's doing it all unconsciously, like luckily, because we wouldn't want to have to think about all those things. Mm -hmm. But it is also trying to take care of you on an unconscious level. And so it is constantly scanning the world, the world around you, the world within you, the world between us for safety and danger. If it um, scans danger, and the interesting thing about the nervous system is it's not super accurate with its scanning. What it does is it's sort of like a, a crude scanning where, oh, there's danger. It's perceived danger. It's not even real danger. It is going to get activated. 
It also doesn't know the difference between the past and present. So if something similar in the present matches a memory it has of the past, it will sign, you know, send the signals out for danger. When you are in danger, according to the nervous system, it's going to protect you. And so can, you, does, can you just, sorry to interrupt. Can you no, give an okay. example of like how the brain doesn't know the difference between like a real world example of how the brain doesn't know the difference between real and imagined? I mean, the classic example that people will always give is in the past, if you are being chased by a lion, then you are in danger. Your nervous system is going to activate and protect you for survival. We don't come up against those same threats anymore. We come up against everyday threats. We'll come up against like somebody's judgment or negative thoughts, but our system still reacts to a criticism or a judgment as if a lion is chasing it. Mm. So this real and perceived threat, it's like, I don't know the difference if my house is on fire versus I've just burnt toast. The nervous system is going to be like, either way, I'm just sending all of the fire department to take care of it. And then it's the job of your thinking skills, your CEO to determine whether or not we need to have the full fire department coming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The challenge is, is when you are activated, when your nervous system is protecting you, it shuts off your access to your mm -hmm. thinking skills and your CEO. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn how to regulate yourself, calm yourself down in order to reinvite that CEO to come back on board mm -hmm. and to do a full assessment on whether there's real danger or perceived danger. Yeah. And, and this reminds me for people who have been listening to the podcast since the beginning, you'll know that um, analogy that I talk about with the barking dog and the wise owl, That's right. it's a similar thing, right? So the barking dog is barking to try to protect us. The wise owl flies away. That's right. So, yeah. And, she, yeah. and so in order for the wise owl to come back and like make good decisions, the dog, right. we need to calm the dog down. That's right. And we look at that like your barking dog is sort of your survival brain and your nervous system is part of your survival brain. And that wise owl is your prefrontal cortex and your prefrontal cortex is your CEO. So that's exactly it, except they don't function together. Your um, nervous system, it can't be in two states at the same time. You can't be in survival mode and in thinking wise mode at the same time. Mm -hmm. You just can't biologically, physiologically, you can't do it. So your nervous system is always going to be the one who acts first, always. Mm -hmm. That's just the way that we're wired to do. And then we have to make adjustments. We have to learn how to regulate it in order to access our CEO. I think what, what sometimes people get confused by is, and, and this we do this when we talk about mindset, we don't do a great job of explaining it. People make the assumption that when I am in the survival mode, I need to choose to bring my CEO on board, mm -hmm. but there is no choice there. Yeah. There's no choice when you're dysregulated, when you are activated, that system has been cut off for a very wise purpose because you don't need your CEO. You're not going to be thinking rationally or being curious or being compassionate when you are activated. And mm -hmm. so there's a missing step between I'm in my survival brain, I want to choose to bring my CEO on board 
Well, I have to move out of that survival state first, get into a regulated state, and then I can invite my CEO on board. Mm -hmm. So we always need to be inviting regulation in there. We can't just jump from survival to choice. I don't want to act this way. There is a step in between that we often miss when we talk about mindset. But isn't getting yourself regulated and out of that state somehow, isn't that somehow being engineered or I don't know the right word by the CEO? Well, the CEO has a role in, in part of regulation, but so you'll, you'll have an element. I always say to people, you're going to have an element of thinking, just use that thinking to make the decision to regulate even more Mm -hmm. and then bring in more choice. You're not going to have full access. You don't have full access to your language skills. You don't have full access to your frontal lobe. You don't have full access to anything because you're in survival and survival doesn't doesn't want to have access. You don't want your resources to go to all those other areas. So yeah, there's a small amount. That is, it's really also why it's so important for you to understand what your nervous system does and to be practicing how to regulate on an ongoing basis because you want it to be second nature. You want it to be that when you get activated, if you've never used any tools or never done anything to calm yourself down, it's very hard in the moment to think, okay, what can I do to calm myself down? If you have been practicing over and over different strategies, then when you do get activated, you will just sort of automatically be able to pull in some tools. But our executive function skills really only are accessible when we are regulated. That they really, that's where we can access our full capacity when we're regulated. Okay. So I love this. And I'm thinking about two different situations here. So we have to understand the nervous system as it affects us as moms. Mm hmm but also as it affects our kids, right? So let's start with ourselves because if we're not regulated, we can't help our kids with theirs. So how can moms regulate their own nervous systems to create a more positive and loving environment to when they feel activated or triggered by something that their kid says or does, what can they do? Okay. That's such a great question. And the two, it's kind of hard to separate them because the best thing that you can do for your kid's nervous system is have your own regulated nervous system because children's nervous system is developing based on your nervous system. So you're doing a lot of co-regulation. So the first place to start is really you. And it is to start identifying when you do become dysregulated. So um, as I said before, when your nervous system senses danger, it will assign you a protective state. Usually the first protective state it will go to is mobilization. So you'll have this surge of energy. You'll, you'll feel hyper aroused. I call it team hyper. And that is going to flavor everything. You'll notice some tension. Maybe there's irritability and frustration, and maybe you're going to be a little bit more short. And so that's sort of like that frazzled mom. That frazzled mom who is getting upset, maybe yelling at the kids, maybe short and irritated with them, likely is in that hyper aroused state. When you are in a hyper aroused state, all it's indicating to you is that you have excess energy because your nervous system is preparing you to 
run or to fight or to do something, we need to get rid of that excess energy. So that is one of the main reasons why movement is so important, why you are getting your daily exercise, whatever that is going to look like for you, going for a walk, attending a class, doing some yoga, doing some stretching. You're doing something. This just happened to me yesterday. I was working on, I was working on, on something for my business. And I was literally like staring at the computer screen for way too long and getting very frustrated. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go to the gym. That's right. I just have to get this energy out. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. feeling really frustrated. Exactly. And when you're in that hyper aroused state, you're, you want to get the energy out. That is one option. And movement is one of the great ways. There's lots of other ways to do it, but movement is, is one that we can easily visualize. You can actually see like the energy is being used up. And the other thing that you can do is to soften because we get very, very tense. And just think of like, if you're, you know, about ready to yell at your kids or do something, chances are like your, your neck muscles, everything's bulging and your shoulders are up and there's tension in your voice and even just everything that comes out. So we want to soften. So for moms, when you hit that hyper aroused state, think, okay, what can I do to get rid of this energy? And maybe it's even just like standing in your room and, you know, like shaking or jumping up and down or taking a pillow and like screaming into it. Those are different ways to get the energy out. And then the other way that I like to share with people, the softening way is to just completely relax your body, deliberately, deliberately relax your body. Except there's another step that we need to add when we do that. Our nervous system is preparing for this, this fight or flight because it thinks it's in danger. So we have to let it know we're not actually in danger. And the quickest way to do that is to ask and answer the question, am I safe? When you ask and answer that question, see, you are pulling in a little bit of your CEO right, just right. enough to ask that question. You're mm-hmm. not asking for like the major plan or what are we going to do? How are we no, going to right. Yeah, It's yeah. enough to say, am I safe? Mm-hmm. And the majority of the time, Unless you are living, unfortunately, in these times that we have right now, there's lots of people in areas of the world where they're not safe Mm -hmm. and their nervous system is meant to be activated because it is trying to protect them. But for most people who are listening to this podcast, am I safe? Yes. I'm standing in my kitchen. I'm sitting in my car and not, am I safe five minutes ago? Or will I be safe in five minutes? But am I empirically safe in this moment? The answer will be yes. So you say, yes, that sends a message down to your body. Okay, guys, everything's cool. We're fine. But your body is going to send the message back up saying, "Uh, I don't feel very safe. So I don't know what you're talking about. And that's when you have to, okay, where are you not feeling safe in your body? You'll notice anytime you have any tension, any pain, any discomfort, your body is sending you a signal. I don't feel safe. So you just say, okay. I hear you don't feel safe. I'm going to get into my body and I'm going to thirdly relax my body. And the way that I find is the easiest way to do it is we just do what I call the rag doll, where you just completely let your body hang down. So am I safe? Do I feel safe? Get into my body and then rag doll. So when you're in that hyper state, you are getting rid of the energy and you're softening. Those are some quick ways that can get you more into a regulated state. 
When you are in that relaxed, regulated state, it is much easier to access your CEO, to access curiosity and compassion and tolerance and resilience and kindness and all the things, all the ways we want to show up as moms live in, in that state of regulation. Mm-hmm. So that's just a quick thing. Now, if you're feeling sometimes people aren't in that hyper aroused state, sometimes they drop down and they feel pretty numb or they feel really sad or they feel really depressed or maybe they're discouraged or feeling helpless about things that are happening maybe within their family. Really, it's very similar things, except we want to add energy to our system. So maybe um, instead of, and movement adds energy too, but sometimes we don't want to go for a run and be doing hard things. We will want to invite movement in gently into our system. So that is where we may do some Tai Chi and some yoga and some stretching and go for a nice walk in nature. We're introducing energy to bring us back up into regulation. The am I safe and ragdolling, it actually still works for that because it's about safety and it's about scanning your body. So you can do that as well. So regardless of sort of where you fall when you're dysregulated, movement and safety combined with relaxation will help you get into that regulated state. What does the term regulated really mean? Can you explain that? Yeah, it's a great question. So I actually don't even like using the term regulation. That's why if you hear me talk, I talk so much more about nervous system resilience. Regulation implies that we are going to a certain level, a certain zone where we are able to control our emotions, where we think of emotional regulation, which is a little bit different than nervous system regulation, but we think of it as being able to have an element of control. There's an element of relaxation in there as well. I actually prefer the term resilience because resilience to me has a lot more flexibility and a lot more movement. Nervous system resilience implies that my nervous system, a healthy nervous system is going to go up and down. I am going to go into hyper. I am going to go into hypo. I'm going to go up and down. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's my ability to come back to my home base. Mm-hmm. That is where I want to be functioning from. So regulation sort of is tied to your home base. I just think resilience is more representative of what's hap- what happens to us in daily life on a daily basis. I'm going to be going up and down, up and down. I just want to make sure that I know how to get back to that home base where I feel more comfortable, where I feel more calm, where I feel um, more connected to things. Hmm. What about moms who are listening who they don't even know what that feeling of resilience or safety in their body feels like how do they how do they know how to get there if they've never really experienced safety yeah in their nervous systems that's pretty common actually um and and definitely that that is why you know working with somebody is so helpful because um a lot of times people have not experienced safety they have not experienced um it in their body and and i know that when i work with them i sort of guide them through we create moments of of safety and that's what you encourage people to do 
Have you ever had a moment where you don't feel overwhelmed? Have you ever had a moment where you feel connected with somebody? That is safety. And so these micro moments are the moments that we want to tap into. So when somebody says, I've never felt safe, usually what that means is they've spent the majority of their life being dysregulated. Mm -hmm. And so we have to tap into micro moments. Well, there's probably a certain moment that you did feel like you weren't overwhelmed, that you did have that feeling of joy that, you know, maybe it was like the birth of your child, like in that moment before you realized, oh no, what am I going to do with this child? (laughs) You know, for that split second when you're like, oh, this is amazing. Maybe it was for something, or maybe it is something that when you go for a walk and you saw like a beautiful sunset, there is that split moment of that's beautiful. Those are elements of safety. So it is working at the micro moment level that you want to be introducing um, these little moments in and then savoring them and helping them grow. It is helpful to have somebody else and it doesn't have, I mean, be a coach, a therapist, somebody like that is obviously it's great, but sometimes it is just a friend. Like, do you have a friend that you really enjoy talking to? Do you have a friend that you really feel supports you? In that moment, that is safety. That Mm. is what you can identify. So sometimes it can help just even sitting down and making a list of, are there certain people? Were there certain moments in my life? And as you make those lists of where I felt joy and where I didn't feel overwhelmed, you'll start to see, okay, that's what safety looks like. And then setting your brain sort of on the challenge to, can I start looking for those other moments and identifying those other moments? Mm -hmm. And creating them on purpose. Absolutely. Creating them on purpose. Yeah. That can be overwhelming for people when we say we're going to create them on purpose, if they feel they've never experienced them at all. So that's like the first step is, well, you have experienced it. Let's see where, and then is there a little bit of a pattern that maybe you can see to use to create? I know that if I spend time with this person, I tend to feel safe. So then I can continue to create it. I'm going to make sure that I see, you know, her on a monthly basis, or I'm going to make sure I do this activity or go for a walk in this area because previously I felt like this moment of safety. Mm -hmm. So then creating it based on the pattern that you find. Okay. Back to what you said, like getting a therapist, getting a coach. Would you say that what you do when you help people with their nervous system, is it the same as somatic therapy or how would you describe it? Somatic just means the body. So soma means the body. Um, And when you work with your nervous system, you are working with the body and the brain together. You're working with both of them. So yes, somatic therapy has its roots with nervous system. When somebody works with the nervous system, they will work with um, the soma, the body. Um, For me, I think nervous system is a foundation for everything, whether you're going to do somatic therapy or parts therapy or mindset everything that you're going to do relies on the nervous system. Your nervous system is your survival physiology. And when you understand that, then really all the other techniques that are out there are going to be beneficial because you understand your survival physiology. 
Mm-hmm. So that's why to me, it's the place for us all to start. It's the place where we we want to understand it because it fuels everything else that we do. Mm-hmm. So before we even get to helping our kids, what would you say like if um, like I, okay, I'm getting in touch with my nervous system. I'm learning how to regulate myself, but I have a partner who does not know anything about this or, you know, he or she is dysregulated a lot. Is there a way for me to help them? What do you recommend? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And in the Slack channel community of my training, one of the women wrote, it's been incredible to notice that even though my husband is doing none of this work and has no clue even what I'm doing, I notice a change in him simply because there's a change in me. Yeah. And, and that, that is because of, I mean, so many different reasons, but primarily it's because of something called Mm co-regulation and co-regulation is our nervous systems communicating with each other. When we are in the presence of other people, our nervous systems are constantly communicating with each other and we will connect with people that our nervous system is drawn to. And it's almost like, think of playing a game of tug of war. If you both are in that hyper aroused state or both are dysregulated, you're both going to be pulling, 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 pulling. But when you regulate yourself, you drop the rope. Mm -hmm. And when you drop the rope, what happens to the person on the other end? Well, they are going to change. Mm -hmm. Things are going to be different. So I think that it's the same thing with when we work on our mindset, when we work on our mindset ourselves, it naturally will impact the other person. The same thing with the nervous system is their nervous system will be able to feed off our nervous system to get a bit more regulated. They will, they will feel that shift. So I, I mean, it it feels lame saying it keeps coming back to you because then people are like, well, it's my responsibility for everybody. You're not responsible <laughs> for everybody. You're not responsible for your kids or for your partner. But what you do, really, there's a big ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're throwing a little rock in the pond and it ripples out and it's going to impact everybody around you. Yeah, I love that. And it... it it's beautiful, you, you know, talking about co-regulation because that does go nicely into talking about our kids. Can you talk a little bit more about co-regulation and what that looks like with our children? Yeah. So our children, their nervous system starts to develop in utero. So um, as you know, you are growing your baby, they are being shaped by your nervous system. And I think that really speaks to the importance that we we need to be getting out there more in communicating how important it is, maternal health, not just physical, but mental health as well, because the baby's nervous system is starting to be shaped. And as the baby um, becomes newborn and toddler and so forth, they continue growing and they can't regulate themselves. They don't have the capacity to regulate themselves. They are looking to you. And initially we're doing all the regulation, you know, and the only thing the baby can do really is cry. And we're trying to figure out what those cries mean. 
But when the baby cries and we respond, that is regulating to them. We're teaching them how to self-soothe. And as children get older, I did I did a podcast on this not so long ago about the different stages. As children get over, they continue to require co-regulation. You're teaching them over and over how to calm themselves, how to soothe themselves. You are, your nervous system is setting an example. So if you're constantly frazzled, then your child is going to pick up on that energy as well. And that's what their nervous system is going to be shaped by. If you are able to remain sort of calm or flexible, you're able to show them how you can come up and come back down. So it's not being that robot where you have no emotions, but you're able to model for them what happens when mom gets upset and then she comes back down. You may say something like, I'm feeling really angry. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm feeling really upset right now. I just need a few moments. I'm going to take a couple of nice deep breaths. So you're doing the modeling and the modeling will always come first. And then as they get older, you can start to do some of that direct teaching. You know, I noticed that in helping them label. And at this stage, you can, you can either help them label that they're in a hyper state or a hypo state and hyper, and then get even more specific. Do you feel angry? Do you feel anxious uh, depending on their age? And then here's what we can do. Let's take a nice breath together and then you model something breathing or why don't we go and you know go for um to the park and you can run around and so then you start deliberately teaching the techniques so co-regulation is something that it it's meant to naturally happen unfortunately it doesn't always because we're not very good regulators because we've had challenges our whole life so the better you can become at regulating yourself, the better at co-regulation you'll be. And your kids will be able to get what they need from that young age. And then they'll be able to carry that into their lives as they continue to grow, to be more regulated themselves. Hmm. And I am excited to listen to that podcast you mentioned. I'll link to it in in the show notes for my listeners too. Yeah. Uh, because I think, yeah, I think sometimes moms have an expectation that once their kids reach a certain age, they should be able to regulate themselves and oh, they should yeah. know what to do, but it's, yeah. it's an ongoing yeah. process. It's ongoing. And yeah. co-regulation is something you're going to need your entire life. I need co-regulation. Like, even though, you know, I teach this, I still mm-hmm. need co-regulation. I seek out people. My kids are in their twenties now and they need co-regulation. I know that sometimes when you know, one of them will call me or I'll be FaceTiming and I will notice, okay, they're like on team hyper or something. And while I can't, I can't change them, I can notice to myself, okay, what do they need from me in this moment? They probably don't, you know, if I have a child who calls me and says, mom, I failed this test. They probably don't need me to jump in. What you failed? You didn't study? Which you know, I think it's a, it's a common reaction. I've done it a million times. So I'm not saying that, right. but what they do need is they probably do need me to be regulated and calm so that we can talk through what went wrong. What can you do differently next time? Is there something that I can help you with? And that will help them keep regulated. So we're constantly going to be regulating and co-regulating. We need that. This is part of our survival is that connection piece. 
Yes. Are there any misconceptions about the nervous system that you commonly encounter, especially like in the context of parenting that you would want to address? The misconception is that it goes both ways. We have control over it and we don't have control over it. I think we think that we have control over it sooner than we do. So we may anticipate that I won't have a reaction and that, you know, if my child calls me and says, mom, I failed this course that, oh, I should be able to be completely, totally chill and calm with that. But really what does happen is I do get activated. So I I do have a reaction. So I think there's a misconception that when you're regulated, you're not going to have those reactions anymore. Your nervous system is going to respond. We want it to respond, but we do have control over it after we say, okay, I'm safe. I can regulate myself. I can get to regulation. I can actually work on my nervous system through my breath. I can work on it through movement and then get regulated. So I'd say the misconception is almost of the timing of it. You think like, oh, if I'm going to be, have a good nervous system and I befriend my nervous system, I'm never going to get into that hyperstate. No, you're going to always get into that hyperstate for that second. But yeah. then what you do is going to be um, up to you. And then I think the second misconception is really that the nervous system and your feelings are the same thing, like they're synonymous and they're not. So people will talk very interchangeably about like regulating your emotions and regulating your nervous system. Regulating your emotions is something that you do need your CEO to be completely involved in doing that. That's one of the jobs of your CEO, that prefrontal cortex to regulate your emotions. But as we said, when you're dysregulated, you don't have that CEO. So I look at it as like nervous system regulation is um, the network that we use. If we were to use the analogy of a, of a phone, your emotions are sort of like all your apps that you mm-hmm. can figure out how to use them. But if you don't have connectivity uh-huh. to the network, it doesn't matter about the apps. Mm-hmm. So nervous system regulation is, is like this umbrella you have to regulate yourself to the point where you can access your CEO and then you can start processing your emotions in a healthy way. The other way to, um, so people can understand the difference is think of what emotions you would put in team hyper. If I were to say to you, does anger belong? Yes. Anxiety belong? Yes. Sadness belong? you'd probably be like, no, that's more hypo. Mm -hmm. Okay. Curiosity belong. Mm, No, that's probably more in safety. Irritation. Yes. Hopelessness. That's down at hypo. So you could start to see if we were playing a game of which zone do they go in that they go in different zones. So each state has a certain physiology. It has a certain flavor of thoughts, of feelings, and actions. And I think sometimes we just mix it all together. We say, oh, the nervous system has different states, but then we mix all the emotions and the thoughts together. But even all the emotions and the thoughts belong under certain states. If we can regulate and if we can learn 
and accept the state that we're in, understand the state that we're in, befriend the state that we're in, that's when we're going to be able to make the shifts because then we can regulate ourselves to get into more of a regulated state, access our CEO and start doing the work with our thoughts and our feelings. Really interesting stuff. If people are interested to learn more about you and what you do, how do they find you? I am on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. And I have um, a podcast called Building Resilience, where I talk all about the things that we talked about today. Okay. And how do people work with you? What do you offer? Right now, I'm doing um, an advanced training in nervous system resilience. So it's a deep dive into um, the nervous system. So that is my primary thing. Uh, I'm toying with the idea next year of introducing, I call the advanced training, it's almost like the all-inclusive package where it's like three meals a day and you learn how to cook (laughs) and you spend the week. Um, And then I'm hoping to do like a day pass, a sample of that uh, next year during the year. So people can just get a flavor for what it's like to work with their nervous system. Because um, like I said, it's foundational and I love doing the work. Sounds amazing. All right. So I will put all your links in our show notes so people can check you out. And thank you so much. I think this is just adding a whole other layer of insight into our bodies and our brains and, and how to help ourselves and also therefore help our kids. So I appreciate you being here and uh, hope to see you again soon. Thanks for having me. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and you're ready to feel calmer, more confident, and more at peace in your family and life, I invite you to sign up for a free consultation with me to learn about how my coaching can help you achieve the exact life you want. You'll take the concepts and tools I share in the podcast and apply them to your own life. And as your coach, I'll be there to support you every step of the way. Go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini and sign up now.